Good morning. How are you doing? My name is Carmen Benton, mindset and energy coach, and I help women stop burnout, stop living in anxiety, stop living in autopilot, and start living intentionally. Today, I have my friend, Joyo Carmelo here, and we're going to be talking about decluttering your life. And she is a certified life coach and professional organizer with over 20 years of experience helping people transform their life and their surroundings. It's so cute that she says her journey with organizing began in 1977 with Barbie's, <laughs> Barbie's dream house. That was so cute. But <laughs> since then, this has become a natural and long-standing passion of hers that has become decades-long career that bring her joy and fulfillment in so many levels. She basically helps others move from pain and despair into a sustainable, happy life through insightful and supportive methodologies that she has developed that are specific, authentic, and result-oriented. And I love that so much. Welcome to the show, Jojo. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm so good. I'm so excited. Yes, I wanted to talk about this because if, you know, my followers, if you've been here for a long time, you know that I say a lot that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, when you know, people think about the chlorine, they might just go straight to like the pile of clothes in the corner or, you know, things like that. But there's so many areas in a person's life that could be cluttered with junk. bad thoughts, bad emotions, you know, piles of clothes, or it's just really a symptom of a bigger thing that needs to uh, be healed. And so I wanted to, uh, I was so excited when we decided to do this because it is definitely some, some area that I think creates a lot of overwhelm and and anxiety in people's life uh, without even knowing. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, uh, you know, your approach and what you've seen and um, what you do with this beautiful area? Well, to start out with, um, when you say professional organizer, most people have an immediate thought of what a professional organizer does because you see it on television, magazines, and all that. Um, and for me. Some of those aspects are true, but um, it's hard for me to, I guess, watch a lot of these shows and and things like that because, for me, getting organized goes on is goes to such a, a deeper level mm-hmm. than the surface, and um, I like to help people heal. And through their healing, they declutter in physical surroundings, emotional surroundings, spiritual surroundings. Um, And I've never seen that addressed before. So it's been um, a little challenging for me because I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of a pioneer in this thought as far as um, what organizing means to me. And so for the longest time, I thought, I'm not doing this right when actually I think that there are so many missing pieces that are not acknowledged and brought to light and getting organized in any area of your life can actually be quite a struggle and unsustainable because we haven't dealt with the reason 
that your thoughts are manifesting in a physical way. I love that you said that because as you're saying this, uh, you know, I was getting downloads. And by the way, everybody, uh, Jojo and I got certified uh, in this through the same methodology. So we're both very intuitive. So you might see like, you know, <laughs> how the thoughts might not make complete sense, but it, but it does to us. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, about your desk. You know, if you are a professional woman and you, or you are a business owner and you have a desk and your desk is a mess, mm -hmm. most likely you have so many thoughts pinpointing in your head and that is how it gets reflected in your reality. So the, the messy desk can be a way, a protection mechanism to like stop you from taking action. And you are mm -hmm. manifesting this just like without knowing like, okay, let me have, I know it doesn't sound like intuitive, but I'm going to have a messy desk so I cannot take action. So that's like your protection mechanism. Right, because right, that's that's a form of clutter, and um, hopefully we'll have time to get into other forms of clutter as well. Mm -hmm. But that is a form of clutter, and clutter creates barriers. Um, and something for myself, um, I actually I need some chaos. I call it organized chaos. <laughs> yeah, quite yeah. a while back, I was like, "Well, I'm a professional organizer, and my desk is a mess." This like, isn't, you know, this doesn't make sense to me. So I put everything away. I organized my desk and the drawers and everything. And it just looked beautiful. And I forgot to pay bills. I forgot to make phone calls. I forgot to respond to emails. I forgot so much because for me, I need things that are reminders. Mm -hmm. So if you look at my desk, it's a bit chaotic. I try not to leave it that way at the end of the day, but it's because I'm so incredibly creative right. that I'm kind of flitting from project to project, but I've been able to hone in on that for myself and know that that's how my brain works. And when it comes to organizing, you know, say someone's desk, I really like to get into their physical dynamics as well as their thinking processes. I like so that, that when we organize, it makes sense to the individual. Yes. Because all think differently. And my husband, he can, he puts everything away, you know, in drawers and everything. And he remembers everything. If I put it in a drawer, it's gone. <laughs> in a safe place. Like, I'm going to put these in a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> and then you Where need is it? Yeah. So yeah. many times that happens. Well, you know, it's it's funny because <clears throat> one of the things I do to remind myself of things, I have posters everywhere. Mm -hmm. And but the reason it works for me is because they bother me a lot. So my mm -hmm. my I guess automatic thinking process is I am driven to take them away and trash them. That's my reward dopamine thing of the day. Good. Yes. Or when I was in my, you know, corner office at at, at my old job I had this humongous whiteboard which I missed so much because it was beautiful and I would write all the things I needed to do and my motivation was to go erase them like at the end of the day I wanted to see that whiteboard to totally white and clear right that, that that was my sense of accomplishment but I almost created mm -hmm. the mess now the stickies back then the writing on the wall as a motivation yeah to get things done yeah 
which is great that you realize that that's how, that's what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what motivates you. And um, so to, you know, for each individual to be able to figure that out um, is actually makes being more organized and being more efficient, almost effortless. Mm. Because you're in concert with how you operate. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said, you get that rush of accomplishment. And so often um, in my experiences working in people's homes with, you know, helping them organize, um, something that I found out that was um, difficult for me was when the person was, I guess, not motivated enough. And at the end of the day, I felt no sense of accomplishment. Mm. And like you're saying, at the end of the day, you're feeling this sense of accomplishment. And I think that is so key in getting organized and being able to maintain that. So how do you make it fun, rewarding, right? That's probably one of your tricks. Like, how do you make it where it's not a chore, but Mm -hmm. it's something that makes you feel good and and excited about doing it? Well, first you have to um, get into why you have this clutter in the first place in whatever form, whether it's physical, emotional, intellectual, verbal clutter, why you have it in the first place and getting to the root of that. So you have an understanding of it. Mm. And then with that understanding, deciding what you want for yourself, what better situations you want for yourself. And then for me, I just make a game out of it. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna go over there for 15 minutes and see what I can do. And I'll actually like play around with it. And I am very energetic and very scattered. And so I'll flit from room to room. Like I'll work on, I'll say, okay, I'm gonna work on my desk for a half an hour. And then when the half hour hits, I need to like get up and do something else. And so, I feel accomplished at the end. So I make a game out of it for myself. So I think it's like finding a way, like what you did at your previous job. That was like a game for you. Yeah. That was fun for you. And you got yeah. this rush, you know? So oh, you get dopamine, that, right? You get the dopamine yeah. every time you like, done, yeah. done. Yeah. So give yourself time to think of what could actually make this a challenge for me or fun for me or and sometimes it's not fun at first, but right. like, you know, challenging yourself to, you know, what you I'm know. getting is that maybe many people set such unrealistic expectations of what the outcome needs to look like that it's impossible for them to win. And I see this in every areas of someone's yes. life. And it's like, well, I'm going to clean my desk or I'm going to clean my closet. Or I'm going to clean the kitchen, whatever it is. Right. Or I'm going to, and I want to get into the other types of cluttering, but like, I'm going to clean my life and I'm going to spend whatever amount of time. And it needs to look like this neat thing. And, and then it's like, you know, I'm going to the gym, but either I have to go every day or I cannot go. I'm going to meditate, but I have to spend one hour or I don't do it. Right. So we set up these rules around mm-hmm. how something needs to look like and these rules are so unrealistic that we never are able to succeed but I love what you said like let me just do it for 30 minutes and whatever I can accomplish in 30 minutes or 10 minutes you know can I just clean this little area 
or this little area or, you know, and so lower the expectations, which doesn't mean to lower the bar. What it, me what it means is it allows you to actually be successful and feel mm -hmm. good about it, which creates the upward cycle of motivation. Absolutely. And with what you said also, um, for example, let's pick a closet, right? And it's like, oh, I'm going to clean that closet and all this stuff. And you get motivated and you're into it and it's all good. And then you're getting tired and you're getting hungry and the kids are coming home from school and all this stuff. And then when you're done, you kind of have another mess or maybe even a bigger mess to deal with. Yeah. And then you don't feel a sense of accomplishment. You feel defeated. Why did I bother? All these, the downward stuff happens when what I like to do is tell people take a period of time that you have, maybe you have one hour and think of a project that is realistic to take care of in an hour and work on that project. And what happens is since you've allowed yourself enough time, even if it's a section of your closet or something like that, when you're done, you have that sense of you accomplish something and having that sense makes you want to get that feeling again. So the next project, you have more guidance of um, how to set yourself up for success. And at the end of it, just go, wow, I did it. This is great. Yeah, I love that. I really do. So you were talking about the other types of clutter. And that's, I really want to touch up on that because again, <laughs> most people think it's just the pile of clothes in the corner, right? Right. Uh, I think about my teenager's room, you know, you open the door and you, if you can see the floor, you're lucky. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I just close the doors. I don't even want to see them anymore. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but what are the other types of clutter that people encounter and they don't even aware of? So um, there's physical clutter which we just talked about, there's emotional clutter, which is the self-talk, mm -hmm. the self-doubt, all those things. Um, there's spiritual clutter. It can be from possibly growing up in an environment where there was uh, maybe strict religion or strict rules or something like that, where you have all this, um, I guess the best way to explain it was I grew up in a house that there was a certain religious um, way and it was really, um, it wasn't a positive thing. And in my soul, I was like, I disagreed with what was around me, mm -hmm. but there was so much inside of me that I did believe in what God is like, what the universe is like, what people are really like that kind of thing and realizing that trying to adhere to these tenets that I had learned along the lines was um, in opposition to what I felt in my soul. Mm -hmm. And so then realizing that I was able to discern and take out the pieces that I learned that were a positive influence and take those and incorporate them with what I felt as well. And I'm very connected to source. And so I developed my own um, spirituality, if you will, because I, there were pieces that weren't working for me. Yeah. So I didn't, I still believe a lot of what I learned, 
but I don't believe or adhere to any of the hurtful stuff or the punishing type of stuff. Yeah. Right. The rules, the, yes, the stigma that comes with um, the way of doing something or yes, I told, I hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> yeah. So it's really neat to be able to help people um, in discovering that for themselves so that they can have a peace around their religious beliefs, their spirituality, whatever resonates for them, that they can really get solid in that and let that be their inner compass. Mm -hmm. Would you, um, how would you qualify like society's rules, right? Would that be in the spiritual too or in the emotional? Because there, I find that one of the reasons we women uh, carry so much stress and anxiety and overwhelm is because we are mm -hmm. trying to comply with all these shoots and, you know, must that have been imposed upon us by generations that, um, you know, maybe they even know what to do, but they come up with this, you know, way to do things. And uh, it's heavy, right? That actually, yes. Yeah. I haven't thought about this until right now talking with you, uh, but it's like, that's a heavy load that it almost yeah. feels like cluttering. It And it is, it actually is. And you said it's a heavy load. That's clutter. Clutter is a heavy load in any form that it shows up. Mm. And um, I think that what you're talking about would be similar to, and I wrote this down earlier, but it's not in my head right now. Um, similar to that, the, the beliefs that we have, well, it is about the beliefs that we have. Mm -hmm. So whether that is emotional, spiritual, intellectual, I mean, there's so many different categories, not a ton of different categories, but a few different categories. Um, because like you're saying, we are told, so we learn what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to parent, how we're supposed to do everything. And those are other people's beliefs being put upon us. Mm -hmm. And then we adopt and adapt to those beliefs. But we have this rub of discontent and frustration and fear and anxiety and self-doubt and all these things my opinion is that's because your soul is saying but that's not me right Absolutely. in whatever way shape or form that you have come to believe at this time yeah I this is my belief when it comes to that is your higher self your your soul it's already living the the dream life that you always wanted in fact every yeah. desire that you have is because your higher self your soul already have experienced that and so that it comes in the form of a thought or, or a wish or a want and the discomfort that you feel is because you are not there the further away you are from that which is where you need to be the more discomfort the more pain the more sadness depression that you have that's, that's yeah, I agree with that. And what is that space? It's clutter. Mm -hmm. Physical, oh, emotional, really? spiritual. It's <laughs> all clutter. Yes. It's clutter. So yeah, we're here. We want to be there. And it's all clutter in its different form. Mm -hmm. So obviously this is not a work. I mean, I know that because 
uh, I never thought about my, you know myself about <laughs> being a professional organizer, but that I mean that's what we do with coaching, right? We help our clients get rid of you know the thoughts, emotions, you know that are affecting showing up in their reality through their actions and their results. So that in a nutshell is coaching, mm -hmm. but and, and that it's a process that takes time, right? That's what you know. One session doesn't do it because you gotta create a habit. You have to encounter, you know, the old beliefs and, and know how to address them and whatnot. But do you have like some like, I don't know, nuggets that uh, we can share today of how someone can start noticing? Because awareness is the first step of enlightenment. You need to know that. Right. right. Well, um, I do. And I was not a journaler. And I started journaling several months ago and it has been so transforming for me. Um, so my nuggets would be to, even if you just take a few minutes and just ask yourself, what's not working for me right now? And when you write things down, you actually get a different perspective because there's different parts of your brain at work. Um, what's not working for me now, right now? And hone in on that and keep asking yourself good questions. So why isn't this working for me? Well, it's not working for me because. So what is it about that that's not working? And asking yourself and inquiring questions, what that does is it gets the subconscious mind involved. Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe that every one of us has all the answers that we need in order to live that life. But those answers are within the subconscious mind. And the way I've talked to clients before is you have all the answers you need. It's just a matter of going into the dark basement That's where those answers lie. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's, it's, it can be scary. Sometimes it's not. Um, so asking yourself, say your home is a mess, it's cluttered. So what, you know, um, how do I feel about this? Well, I feel unhappy. Well, why do I feel unhappy? What do I feel? And like you said, you felt heavy, you know, like weighed down and things like that. And ask yourself questions about the different forms of clutter whether in any form, you know, ask yourself questions and journal about it and ask yourself even, okay, so what can I do to start transforming? And again, you're going to get answers and it could be, you know what? Start with your vehicle. <laughs> I love this. I did this years ago. Um, I did a 30 day car care challenge for myself and my car is always clean because I just like, it's just such a habit now and it's effortless. So ask yourself, like, where is an area that I can start this transformation? What's going to help me get kickstarted and feel good about this? And what you can do, too, is after you start experiencing areas of declutter, there's energy involved. Mm -hmm. It's allowing energy to flow. So you may feel uncomfortable because it may be very positive energy and your clutter has kept positive energy away right? and journal about that. So why am I feeling anxious now that yeah, this yeah. clutter is gone? Yeah. And it, you know, 
because clutter in all of its forms keeps us safe. And so one of the reasons I know that people who are labeled as hoarders, you know, I don't like the word, but that's how yeah. we, we, society uses it. Um, the underlying belief that most people that do that have is that there's not enough, right? So I have to keep all these things because there's not enough money. There is not enough of this. So there is a lack mentality, which yes everywhere in your life yes right we're like i am like i don't save anything like seriously mm -hmm. i don't say the kids the kids homework stuff like nothing i don't <laughs> i i think i go like the other stream mm -hmm. um but looking down is because you know even if we talk about clothes obviously you know i cannot fabricate my kids first grade homework that i didn't keep uh, but like when it comes to like clothes or shoes or things like that, it's like, you know, if I need it, I just go buy it. Right. And, mm -hmm. it, it, and but one of the things that I, um, I have learned with practicing different types of decluttering myself is that it highlights, um, impulse, impulsive habits, uh, because when you, can leave and it's not minimal minimalism but like when you can leave with what you need now because you don't need to like you know hoarder mm -hmm. uh then you don't have to you don't have that impulse to eat or eat you know that's another thing that comes with clutter right yeah like impulse right. eating impulse drinking impulse shopping uh because it's like you feel like you have to keep all these things right uh like you know i see people drinking like alcohol is gonna go out of style mm -hmm. uh or you can have a drink tomorrow. You don't have to have seven drinks today, right? Like it's it's the same thing. It is, yes. Yes, and it's it's it all stems from some type of pain or emptiness inside. Mm -hmm. I had uh, an organizing client uh, quite, a, quite a few years ago and she was a hoarder and there are different levels of hoarding. Um, and she was a hoarder. Um, and in talking to her, she said um, she shopped a lot and she was just constantly bringing stuff into her house and cluttering her house and all this. And she said, I'm lonely. And when I'm out shopping, I don't feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was so revealing and also so sad. And my thought is, let's work on what's inside here so that we can clear your clutter, your physical clutter as well as your emotional clutter so that you have the time to join a book club, make friends, you know, in a healthy way, as opposed to just trying to, the way people do with alcohol and food and um, shopping, trying to fill something. And it doesn't ever get filled from those external things. Yeah, that need of love and connection that's so prevalent in people and what happened I mean you said something um, I want to make sure everyone gets it because it's key that you need to work on the root cause because mm -hmm. you can you know clean yourself you can stop drinking you can stop eating like you know junk food you can clean your house but if you don't address the root cause you're going to go back to it absolutely and if you don't address the root yeah if you don't address the root cause trying to stay sober, keep your home a certain way, 
not go shopping is white knuckling mm -hmm. because you haven't gotten to the root and addressed and healed that. Mm -hmm. And I had an eating disorder for 22 years. So I, I get body issues and food issues and all that. And, you know, I had bouts of recovery and relapse many, many years over, but it wasn't until all this was healed that now food is, it just is. And the impulse and the binging, it just doesn't happen because I'm not trying to fix or fill anything. Right. So right. it's like yeah. one of the things that I started asking myself a while back, uh, if I, because I, you know, like a lot of people, I got in the habit to numb the stress that I had with my life. You know, five o'clock, let me have a glass of wine. Right. And then it became, you know, where that was happening like every day. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, locally, I, I know how to drink a glass or two and stop, but still it was yeah. every day, you know, five o'clock glass of wine. And I'm like, wait a second. Am I drinking because I'm trying to numb myself or because I really want the glass of wine? Yeah. So, you know, I will stop and ask myself that question and, or am I bored? You know, I have like nothing else to do, right? Because that happens too. And so it's like, okay, so what is the need that I'm trying to feel? If it's mm -hmm. because I am trying to know myself or no, let me actually get uncomfortable and work on that issue. Generally meditating, you know, going out for a walk, grounding myself, all the tools that we have. Uh, and we, I'm sure like me, you teach your clients do. But if it's that I'm trying to, you know, if I'm bored, like, okay, well, let me figure out how to get that connection in another more elevated way, right? Another thing that I used to do for many, many years was work. I will, mm -hmm. you know, I, I am a recovered workaholic is a real thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was very good at what I did. And I, so I will do it because I didn't know how to, you know, do other things in my life. Like my relationship were a disaster. Parenting is about the hardest thing I have ever done, but mm -hmm. I can sure work, do my job, get promoted, get more money. Like I can count on that, right? So I will like work because mm -hmm. one of the things that make me feel comfortable. Yeah, I actually, um, years ago, I had this friend and, well, a boyfriend, and um, we were dating, and he was talking about how all these guys that he worked with would do overtime all the time, and he wouldn't do overtime, and we had a great relationship, and, you know, he would just say, yeah, so-and-so is doing overtime, so-and-so is doing overtime, and I said, that's because they don't want to go home. Right. And he looked at me and he knew these guys and knew their home, you know, pieces of their home situations and stuff like that. And it was just like, he went, wow. And actually when I met my current husband, it was the same way. The employer was like, oh my gosh, he'll work any hours we want and this and that. And he's always here. And I said, that's because he doesn't want to be at home. And he was in a relationship and that ended and boy, I didn't see it coming for us, but um, once we started dating, they were like, can you stay? Nope. <laughs> he did not want to be at work, you know, but like you're saying that work, you're having, you're getting rewards from it. Yep. And you're also being able to um, have avoidance behavior because you don't want to deal with what's on the other side of the front door, you know? Yes. And so, so in case people are wondering, well, what's the problem with that? Well, 
it creates unhealthy cycles in your life. It's unsustainable to do that. Mm -hmm. You will end up stressed out, burnt out, you know, with anxiety, uh, sad, depressed, frustrated, all the things you don't want to be. Like, so it's right. healthy. Even if it's working right now, eventually yeah. it will become a problem. Right. And to, and to realize that and just observe it and think about what am I, is there something I'm trying to avoid? It could be good. You know, it could be very positive things that you're trying to avoid love and intimacy. Mm -hmm. Or for me, it was joy mm -hmm. because I was so unhealed in here. I was afraid to experience joy. So yeah, let me be over here and do this because joy is over there and it scares me. Yeah. Open up your heart, being vulnerable. What are you trying to protect? Yeah. What is your core? Yeah. One of the first thing I do when uh, I work with my clients is try to identify that core wound because that core wound dictates how you do everything. What is that yeah. thing that happened to you were between five and 10 years old that really, wow. really scar you? And yeah. like, oh yeah, that's why you do this. And this is why you do this. Yeah, so yeah. true. Yeah. Well, Joya, this has been fantastic. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we tell them how to find you? Um, thinking in terms of there, you know, I'll just briefly say there's the physical clutter that we surround ourselves with. It keeps us safe. Um, there's the emotional clutter, which are the thoughts and all the stuff of what we don't deserve. And, you know, all the, the subconscious real that we have going on that tells us we're not good enough. Um, the spiritual clutter. And then, um, let me see if I can find my note. I probably can't because... Um, when I'm trying, I can't. Um, so just look around you and think of areas in your life that you're not happy with. And it could even be a spot, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing. And um, just think about why that isn't working for you or even like when it comes to physical clutter or even um, other forms of clutter, why it is working for you. And lastly, I was um, talking to a friend that was telling me about a friend of hers and she was like, oh, she could use your decluttering, you know? And I was like, I don't put myself, people need to reach out to me, you know? And she said, you know, she said she's divorced and her house is a mess and, you know, she can't date because she can't have anyone over, which is called um chaos the can't have anyone over syndrome <laughs> right I, that's very and, clever actually <laughs> yeah and so she was saying that um you know her friend can't date because she can't have anyone over because she's embarrassed of her house and all this stuff and you know and I said to her I because I I do have intuition and I said your friend doesn't want to date right dating makes her vulnerable and opens her up to possible pain so she needs the clutter to keep excuse. her safe yes yeah i yeah. want to but the house is a disaster and i don't have time to clean it so i'm not going to you want to but you're afraid to yes yeah yeah vulnerability is a scary thing sometimes it is so. very scary yes yeah. i because i had to deal with that yeah and it's equally beautiful if not more when you learn when you learn all the beautiful things that is uh even if there is some pain it's all worth it yeah absolutely it's really scary and I get it. And I have had to help 
beautiful clients go through that. And, you know, that's one of the things we do. It's like, you know, we hold you. We hold the space mm -hmm. for you to explore it and uh, and make it beautiful and safe, you know, and just go as slow or fast as you want to go. Yeah. And I think with what we do, we do it with so much love that it just counteracts any fear, you know, it really, it really makes a difference doing it from a space of love. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, I've loved this so much. So <laughs> where can people find you? So um, I do have a website. It's going to be under construction, but if people want to look at it, they're welcome to look at it. Um, it's jojocaramello.com. And it's my organizing website. And since um, getting certified in life coaching, which I've actually went to life coaching classes several years ago. So this has been quite an ongoing process for me. I'm transitioning from the professional organizing to the coaching with the professional organizing aspects of all different forms of clutter um, and decluttering your life in all those different ways. So it's jojocaramello.com or they can email me at jojocaramello3 at gmail.com. Okay, beautiful. I'll put all those links in the description of the podcast. So if you want to reach out to Joya, she's a beautiful soul. And <laughs> I think you have something brilliant going on with how you're mixing these two aspects of your life. And a lot of people can use that. So I'm so excited to see how that goes and continue to collaborate in the future. So thank you oh, so yes. for being here. And everyone, also, I am going to be dropping my links down below for a complimentary consult where I can help you understand exactly, as I was saying earlier, where your wounds um, and how they are affecting your thoughts and the exact steps you need to do to shift that in your life so you can achieve everything you want and burn out and stop living out the pilot. So thank you so much mm -hmm. for being here with us today. Thank and you so much. You're welcome. And I'll see you all next week. All right. Thank you, Carmen. Bye-bye.